Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me tell you, I have hopes. I have hopes of being on SNL one time, and I feel like this just ruined my chances. Yeah, I'm sorry. If Celine Dion is the musical guest, it's going to be a problem. You're going to have to at least address it in a bit. (laughs) I know. Listen, it was a podcast. You were right. It was a podcast. I was young. (laughs) You were right to fire me. I'm literally 75 years old, but I was 24. Yes. There's a meeting in my bedroom, and girl, please don't be late. There it is. There it is, Gentiles and little mamas alike. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me. The podcast where we dive deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that Cam Newton's outfits are just CTE, but make it fashion. That ain't nothing but a brain-damaged man putting on the silliest shit that he can come up with with the few brain cells he has left. Tell me I'm wrong. Brother. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is fucked. That's why it hurts. That's why it hurts. (laughs) My whole sense of style in high school is derived on... Oh, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Because sometimes Cam does some stuff where you're like... Remember when he was wearing like those big old lady earrings, like the giant ones? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. seems like that could be because you got hit hard. That's that's come on, broken clock, baby. I and I get what you're saying. That there were there was a point where you'd see him dressed and you'd be like, God damn, this nigga is fly. He's looking good. I want to look like Cam Newton. And then the next day, he puts on some shit where you're like, that would have been a huge mistake if I would have right. started to shape my closet based off of this very cartoonishly dressed man. Are you talking about the most recently, those little pants? 
I I think we can Are go the down a, skates, <laughs> the little the little pants. It's everything. Every time I see him, it's he's wearing everything it's a lot in his of closet. Shit. Yeah. And and that's part of the problem. And you can already hear our guest today, and, and we're so <laughs> excited that that she's here. We, I I think part of the problem is the number of things that he puts on along with the physical, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just that you made a bold choice with an auntie sweater. It's that you made a bold choice with an auntie sweater and a grandpa turtleneck and, and a fucking belt that don't Can really say, go with though, it. I do think it's worth noting for the listeners that Langston is currently wearing a pink hoodie with complicated drawstrings. Okay. Two Cameron favorites. Okay. <laughs> you mean the new the new face of Kith? Yeah, Cameron. <laughs> don't do that to Killer. No, he don't is. Don't do He's that new, to Killer. He is. He's I know, but fan. I don't like the way that you said it. I I respect him very much. I'm a big fan, and uh, <laughs> and I pray I pray that his homophobia uh, lives on forever, un, <laughs> untainted by the Pause. changes in society. <laughs> I pray that nobody ever takes his homophobia away from him, even as we as a society evolve and grow into understanding that that kind of maturity is is almost shameful at this point. Our guest today. (laughs) Oh, yeah. David Borey. I'm Langston Kermit. Who the fuck cares? We here. Our guest today. Uh, we're so excited that she's she she's a talented uh, comedian, a writer, a producer, a, a creator of all kinds. Uh, most importantly, you know her work from from Yes We Cannabis, which is currently you can currently vote for it in the podcast uh, section of the NAACP Awards. If you are voting for the NAACP Awards, then Whitey's getting on it too. Don't you you white devils, you don't you feel it at all ashamed? to go on the NAACP website and and vote for the Image Awards. But if you do decide to do that, you should be voting for Yes We Cannabis, which I had the lovely opportunity to play a a part in. It was so fun, so funny. She's dope. Please give it up for Roche Jeffrey. Yes, I need that everywhere I go from now on. That needs to be accompany my entrance. Yes, yes. I'm excited to be here. We're we're so happy you're here, and frankly, you came to us with a conspiracy theory that Bori we talked about. Uh, I don't think either of us were very versed then. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, it wasn't one that we were super aware of. I think I had heard the words. You know what I mean? Like I had heard it talked about before, but I had never done any version of a deep dive in. So this is really exciting. But you said my mama told me the Willie Lynch letter. It's real. Indeed. Yes. I grew up in a very black area. And so yeah. we, we would talk about it all the time. And when I, I went to a black college and we were talking all the time about it all the time with confidence. Little did we know it's believed to actually not be real at all. Yeah. Believe, believed by who? <laughs> a lot of research. There's a lot of there's a lot of research that says that some of the words used in the letter like actually didn't exist at the time that the letter Damn. says that it's from. And yeah, it's how they get you every time. Yeah, the, the, all these fact checkers wanting words to be the same uh, since seventeen whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
before we deep dive into all of this, I guess, let's begin right right at the start. Talk us through what this Willie Lynch letter is. Let's let's make sure that our our listeners are as versed as you are in terms of what it is, what it represents, and and where it comes from for you. Yeah. So the Willie Lynch letter is a letter that Black people love to cite when we're acting up, and it says you know because they say that some uh, slave owner taught uh, American slave owners about how to control Black people without lynching them. And that was like to separate us based on skin color and age and all sorts of other stuff. And mm-hmm. But the letter appeared for the first time to anyone's knowledge in the 1970s. And no one could really find like the true origin of this letter that's from this slave owner, Willie Lynch. Yeah, so a slave owner named Willie Lynch, apparently in Virginia in 1712, He's a British slave owner in the West Indies, apparently, like, goes in front of a colony on on the James, on the bank of the James River in 1712 and gives this speech where he explains to all the other slave owners, like, hey, I know y'all have been having all kinds of issues with your slaves. They keep on running away and not listening to you and 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 sucking off your 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 wives and shit, sucking their titties. They suck your wives' titties all the time. It's terrible. I don't know. I just seem Are you like okay? <laughs> no, I'm not good, man. What do you, you want? You sound from me? like you got horny as you were saying that. <laughs> yeah, he started. It started as a joke, and then it got like he real, just kept like, saying it. He's like, "Suck it, freaky frog! You freaky frog! You freaky frog! Fucking freaky frog! Oh god, frog! Let's find out. Let's make sense out here searching Willie Lynch and Talk about listen. What else he was doing? Listen, if y'all read a different letter than me, just say that. Just say you ain't read the same letter as me. Don't try to embarrass me. Just say, hey, our, our letters might have been a little different. I cannot. But in in this supposed speech, he explains to all of them, hey, despite the problems that you're having, I have insight on how to make it so that your slaves never rebel, so that you get the best out of your your specifically black slaves, and then explains in in detail, supposedly. How to how to fix all the problems with the slaves? Yeah, and the funny thing is, we use it now a lot. People will throw it out and be like, "See, this is what Willie Lynch. That's what he wanted. This Willie Lynch figure." Right. Well, let me ask you this: When you first heard this, because you said you you grew up in a place where it sounds like they were telling you, "Yeah, this is a real thing." Yeah. When you first heard it, were you bought in? Did you believe in the Willie Lynch Lynch letter? Old white men from the past being crazy and saying crazy shit? A hundred percent. It's right. not That's, hard to believe. It's easy to believe any conspiracy theory around a white man from the past doing some crazy shit. You just sure. summarize. That's a thesis statement for this like, entire program. That doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like, oh man, how, where'd you come up with this? This yeah. this feels almost magical. What you're suggesting, a white no. man trying to control other people. Yeah, yeah. And even if it is fake, I know a white man fake that shit. I'm, I'm that's, oh. that's, that's where I propose we start with this. Okay, tell me who, more, Bori. Who made it? If it right. was, if it was a fake, what is the benefit of faking this? It's something more diabolical than I think I could wrap my head around. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. think you know, 
as a group effort, we could really get to get to because that's that's the question, right? If it's been debunked, the question is who put this out and why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what here's what I'll say is that for me, the Willie Lynch letter feels like it's meant to represent a bit of an allegory in the way that like we read like Bible stories and we aren't necessarily supposed to believe that Goliath was like this giant and David, you know, hit him with a slingshot, whatever the fuck. I think it was 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> it was just a big fat dude. <laughs> yeah, it was just a- it was just the biggest man in town. It was Cam Newton. It was Cam Newton. Yeah, he had a little ass tunic. Yeah. And frankly, Goliath couldn't fight for shit. Uh. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's meant to be an allegory. Like, you know, that like, hey, straighten up. Do try not to create these sort of like infights and, and negative relationships inside of our community. And so I had always interpreted or at least in my brief understanding of it, I'd interpreted it as a black invention meant to teach black children and black people to be the better version of themselves because of the sinister work that white people are doing. But I'm deeply fascinated with what y'all are suggesting of this actually being a white invention. And I'd love to hear more about that. I mean, what you're saying makes the most sense. (laughs) (laughs) But like the cynical part of me is always like, this is so like crafty and sinister in a way that you can say like, it's sneaky. We we yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneaky no we call them sneaky over here. Yeah, we say we call them blank eaters. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, one of us calls them that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the other but, one's never said that out loud before, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I I definitely feel like it's it's it could go either way, but it just feels it's a strange thing for a black person to craft in my opinion because then you yeah. have to, like you had to get into the minds of like a willie lynch but also the more i say it willie lynch sounds like an invention of a black person even that name come on that is the initial thing that i felt when yeah. this came to the table that you does t- not sound like a like if you make me draw willie lynch on a piece of paper <laughs> it does not look like a british man from the west indies get the fuck out of yeah. here yeah he's wearing some type of workwear no, you mean Willie Lynch, the, the nigga that brought the black eyed peas? Yeah, I know Willie. Schools? <laughs> Willie? You mean, Will, you mean Willie Lynch who would be yelling at his wife and, and nobody say nothing because he's crazy? Yeah, no, we know Willie. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, the the more we talk, I'm convinced it's a black man. It was a black man. But, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, that's fair. Because I think it's like, the name is not good. It's like when you hear white people name fake rappers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not even grounded somewhere in any of the truth. No, yeah, it's like a little peep pop. And it's yeah, like, come oh, on, bro. you know, ice banana. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You hate us so much that you won't even do basic research no. to like learn how to make fun of us. Yeah, that's all that always does hurt where it's like respect me enough to give me proper satire. I really I, be I That is my biggest issue with the way that white people make fun of us is like I really study y'all. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I really put in the work to make sure you, that, like, when on. I'm making fun of white people, I'm using all of the correct weaponry to make this an effective-ass argument. And instead, You know how many 80s sitcoms I had to watch to know that you look like Kirstie Alley? Come on. <laughs> don't do that to me. Well, that's, that's yeah. the thing. We are fluent in whiteness because we have yeah. to be. Like, right. we literally know everything about them, and they don't be knowing nothing about anything it's no it's it's, it blows my mind when they don't notice i was explaining to a group of white people uh, yesterday who birdman was and it's like come on that's a major figure that's a major player in our shit that's not a that's not a a fly-by-night ass dude he's he's a big part of the community they love the big timers they, yeah, they, that's it. They love the fucking big time, and they don't even know their names. That's crazy. Is is few who knew Birdman? I bet you even less know Manny Fresh by name. That's nuts. The black famous thing is real, man. There's some people who are black famous that white people do not. They do not know who they are. Like Cheryl Lee Ralph before she decided to sing when she won that Emmy. Yeah, though she was at a uh, Hollywood Reporter roundtable about being black famous and how white people didn't recognize her, and half yeah. of white people who were standing up giving a standing ovation had no idea who this older black lady was. No, nope. they didn't know how long it took me to learn her name and stop calling her D. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, literally did not know. They had no fucking clue, but a bunch of black people near them stood up and they and didn't want to like, be a yeah yeah yeah. yeah no, no, she's right. She's right. <laughs> but sometimes that works in our favor. Like when you get them to clap for like something they wouldn't have. Like they really didn't listen to any three six mafia music even after they won that Grammy. You know that's what I mean? true. Yeah, and that's like I'm glad they still got their shit shit off. People shitting on them for shouting out George Clooney, but I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> when they won the Oscar and they were like, yo, shout out to my man, George Clooney. Because you know, you know what it was? They had a fun ass time with him in the green room. And he, had, and he had a fun ass time too. And he didn't expect that to become public knowledge. And they were like, nah, George, you was fucking around with us back there. And we, we fuck with you. Yeah. Man, we if had, I went to a party and the- <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, no I was just saying, saying- Hey, hey, make sure you fight about it. Make sure you two uh, wrestle back and forth. (laughs) Let's go. No, I was going to say there are so many white people that black people secretly love Mm -hmm, that we mm -hmm. don't talk about often. But George Clooney's on that list. Celine Dion, that whole controversy at the Grammys, we love Celine. That's our white aunt who's married to our black uncle. We love her. Like, yes, that's that's the amount of. The amount of pride a, an older version of me used to take in R. Kelly writing a song with Celine Dion, I thought that was so fucking cool. I was like, yeah, Celine, cool. She can hang out with R. Kelly. And now in retrospect, that's not cool, Celine. Listen, you shouldn't don't have take done the that. feeling away. Don't take the feeling away. <laughs> You're right. I should keep that. Yeah, keep the, keep the feeling. You Cancel just ruined man. Celine Dion. You just did it. <laughs> you that brought them both down. Celine Dion. Jesus. I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> they made a great song together, too. I don't know if y'all have heard it, but it's, it's no, a fucking No, I don't even banger. know what you're talking no, about. No, I don't want to know that it exists. No, they I have see. a song together, and it's gorgeous. I swear you know to God, it's I want to see the gorgeous. documentary about them meeting each other. <laughs> meeting each other? You don't think they met? <laughs> I don't think Celine Dion hung out with R. Kelly. Man, that's how it went in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you think that they but had But, like, weirdly, had he lunch. flew up to Canada. Oh, uh, you yeah. don't think she came to his his turf? I hope not. She would still be there. 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't think that you there think were... the spider lets it fly like that into his web and lets it go? You don't think that there were three little black girls roped up in the background while she was singing God. her ballad? Damn it, Lexi. Lexi. Oh, I understand bitch too, but. Swallowed up. Have you ever been swallowed up? Have you gone through a time of swallowing where everything was overwhelming? I'm reporting the news. <laughs> if you cowards are afraid of that, well, then I suggest you find a new podcast to enjoy. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, so, man. so Roche, you are you are a young uh, young person. You are you are hearing this. You are bought in, it sounds like, to some extent, at least uh, be, by these older people telling you that this is a real thing. How much are you sharing this with another audience? How much are you being like, hey, y'all, have y'all heard the good news? Do, can I tell you more about the Willie Lynch letter? Of course. I feel like there was, especially in college, because I went to Howard. And so at Howard, you're talking about slavery at the club, <laughs> at lunch, on the yard. So yeah. I'm sure I threw it out uh, many times <laughs> as a way to to have win the conversation, win the debate. Um, yeah. Until I realized, like, somebody was like, girl, you know, that's not real, right? And I was like, oh. It's like when you find out, like, Steve Harvey's hair wasn't real. Mm. It just, it takes away, like, your childhood. And you sure. it makes you rethink everything. Yeah, no, I was yeah. a, I was a firm believer in that hairline, and I, and now, now nothing. I had to take his picture off the wall. <laughs> you had a Steve Hightower uh, picture on the wall. Well, just like is what you could have his hair as an older man. I thought it, yeah, it was Martin's aspirational still up there, though. Martin's was, still up there. That was an aspirational hairline, like the length, the way that it just sat, like it defied gravity. It was. It gave me hope. It was for me not even the the precision of the hairline itself, but it was the frequency, or or rather the lack of any evidence that it ever was out of place that mm. made me excited. Where it was like, damn, my man don't never get caught slipping once. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. never caught Steve slipping even for a second, and that should have been the biggest tell for all of us. It wasn't the the actual hairline; it was mm -hmm. that like, oh, he don't have one off day. There's never, there's never even a moment where it's not exactly where it was before. A hundred percent. And honestly, you know, after watching Cat Williams' interview, he said a lot of things. Some of it was was true. Some of it was a lot. But the the Steve Harvey thing, I knew was a fact, and so it gave a lot of credibility to everything else he said in my opinion yeah i think that's true he said Some steve harvey's hair was fake and i was like that's true so yeah and i don't want to speak out of turn boy but i think we're firm believers in in everything that cat williams put out into the world 85 percent of it 90 yeah. 90 percent of it i i think i believe it even in uh even the things that i know to be outright lies i believe in the the emotional truth of them in a way that i i won't refute it 100%. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Argue with him? No, nah, he's right. Yeah. That man, that man was right. He's right. Yeah. And he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> he read 3000 books at eight years old in his heart. And that's what matters. Prove him wrong is what exactly. I say. Prove exactly. my man wrong. Exactly. 
so Roger, you you believe it, you are spreading this to others, and then somebody comes into your world and sort of pops this bubble and says it isn't real. How much of that have you then carried forth? Are you now a person sort of like when the Willie Lynch letter still gets brought up? Because I imagine people in your life are still occasionally being like, you know, that's like the Willie Lynch letter. Or, you know, they talked about that in the Willie Lynch letter. How much of that are you going, actually, y'all, wake up, that shit ain't real? Or are you letting people continue to live under this sort of allegorical umbrella? The last one, I don't believe in correcting Black people. <laughs> I don't want to do okay. what... Okay. I don't want to debate it. I'm not... I don't want to have to prove it. I Just keep believing this. This is my service to people is having this, doing this episode. Yeah, it does. I, I think that was beautifully put. There's no reason to correct Black people on some shit that, like, they feel that passionately about. You just got to kind of let that be... And to the Cat Williams point, an emotional truth, even if it isn't a literal one. A hundred percent. And there's all there's all this like there's an article about it. Like they were like, yeah, it's probably not true. But I mean, there's a point there. Right. And so like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff is valid. So why argue with your cousin about it? Like, keep yeah. the peace. Keep the peace. Bori, where before we go to break, where do you fall in this? Uh, are you a secret believer in the Willie Lynch letter? Are you? Do you believe it to have still have been written by a, a white person? What What are you? What are you feeling right this second? I believe if maybe the specificity of Willie Lynch is not, if that is not real, I believe in the possibility of something like this, like the idea Mm -hmm. of someone giving maybe more sinister slave tactics to help owners with, with difficult. So that, that to me, like the specificity is maybe like, uh, but that type of thing seems very realistic to me that, you know what I mean? Mm. So maybe it wasn't this one specific day, but yeah, I could see white people trading nasty tactics to keep, to subjugate people. Okay. That this this is more about uh, like a sharing of information in that way, mm. right? Because that's the idea of this, right? Is that he did that that one time, and then they were all like, "Oh wow, did you hear what Willie Lynch did?" And they mm-hmm. implemented all these ideas. Yeah, I, I so maybe not like I said, like not that specific, but I think that idea. Yeah, I do believe in that. I like that he did like a TED talk to them, right? Like, and they were like this. This is the thing. We got to go right. spread the word. And maybe if it wasn't one TED Talk, though, it was like some nasty, nasty man found out ways. You know what I mean? A nasty, yeah. nasty man. Nasty <laughs> man. Nasty man. I was, it was nasty. weird when I said it. I thought if I said it more times, it would get me out of it. Nasty, like, put some clothes what? on. I told you. Yeah, no, nasty. <laughs> the nasty man, just sucking on the, as like someone saying, sucking on those titties. Yeah, sucking, sucking on, on titties, titties, like <laughs> white titties. Yeah, I, I do think. I wish I didn't say it so many times. I do. Three was a lot. I know that. <laughs> I I do think to that point. One of the things that does make me start to to if I were to be swayed towards this being a white conception. It it does feel a little like proud 
that this man stood on the riverbank and he addressed the the various slave owners who all gathered together when in fact if we're really talking about what this shit probably was well it was a drunk motherfucker at the bar being like y'all gotta get y'all slaves to hate each other or whatever it was and it's not this glamorous sort of like proud moment but more just a sloppy alcoholic who then planted a seed for a bunch of other uh evil motherfuckers to go do some other shit that sounds about accurate yeah that feels good yeah so maybe we'll, we'll find out we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back with more roche jeffrey more my mama told me and we're gonna keep talking about the possibility that the willie lynch letter is 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 real all right Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're calling upon you because uh, we have we have new merch. We have very exciting merch that we are now selling, and it's it's fucking great. We love it so much. It's sleek. It's mm-hmm. sexy. Come on, you want to tell them what we have? Yeah, we have three different types of hats, which is really fun. We have a two tone hat, a alien dad hat, the traditional logo in black and khaki. Then we have the enamel pin with the alien who has a kufi on it, says, my mama told me. And then we have t-shirts that say, proud little mama, which is who you are. Yeah. 
you can buy the merch now. Go to mymamatoldme.merchcentral.com. And we want you to have all the sweet stuff. So get it. Would you say that you're racist? Not at all. No. Yeah. Look at my dog. He's as black as can be. And so are we. We are back <laughs> discussing. <laughs> oh, my God. The Willie Lynch letter. <laughs> the seamless transition, my man. You. I've been working on it. Can you tell? That That's going to be a part of my outro, my intro, too. That that audio, yeah. wherever I go. <laughs> All right. Good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm trying and... to put you in a position to win. <laughs> oh, man. We we've talked a little bit about this, the Willie Lynch of it all. One of the things that that sort of becomes an important part of all of this is that this this uh, slave owner, Will, William Lynch, uh, again, was said to have given this speech in 1712. But there isn't a lot of evidence of the individual actually being a person or certainly like the the individual is not traced anywhere specific there's william lynch of lynch law or is is at least a person that that is connected to the lynch the terms of the lynch law and lynching who was born in 1742 and died in 1820 who died he was basically 77 to 78 years old according to wikipedia but there isn't a lot of evidence in his wikipedia or in his breakdown of him having given this speech as much as he is just famous for being uh, a guy that they've connected to that. Yeah, there's a guy with the last name Lynch who was doing some shit, but yeah, that's where it ends. Yeah, really, there's not, the connection. not a lot after that. They just kind of go, yeah, William, that seems like a guy who probably did some wild shit, and, and there it is. I mean, to speak to the conspiracy theory, though, how important is it that this guy was real or was not? Mm, that's a good question. Like, if we're taking the lessons from it, that it, like, 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 does it matter? You know I don't mean? know. I, I will say when I maybe God didn't flood the earth for however long, but I still don't want to covet my neighbor's wife. Like, does it need to be real? Mm, you know what I mean? That's a word. I actually think that a lot of what's in the Willie Lynch letters, I think there there is some relevance today, for sure. We do do a lot of the things the letter says that we do. There's colors, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff. So whether it's it's true, maybe it's it's a fable. Maybe right, it's something exactly. we can we can learn from. And I I do think it holds a lot of weight to. It, it's very applicable to what's going on right now. And I will call motherfucking bars, nigga. <laughs> you know nothing about that. <laughs> I will say to that point, one of the things that it reminds me of, and we've talked about this before, Bori, on the podcast, it reminds me of that supposed secret meeting uh, that happened between all the record executives in the 90s that, or the oh, eight, yeah. late 80s, early 90s, whatever it was, where these supposed white record executives all get together and they decide that gangster rap is going to be the preferred music of choice so that they can sort of like uh, introduce larger rises of violence and, and drug use in the black community. And I think that it's not, we, and we talked about it on the episode, it's not not true 
that like record executives made that choice. They just didn't make necessarily have like some big formal meeting right. where Sony sat down with Arista, sat down with whoever the fuck to make also, it all happen. The unconscious mind is a powerful tool, right? Like maybe these things weren't at the forefront, but it's like because they felt these things about these people, they it moved in that direction, right? Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. And I remember weirdly watching a a documentary years ago. Uh it was actually a documentary I used to teach with, uh, that was narrated by Esther Roll. You guys remember Esther <laughs> yes, Roll from yes. Good Times? Yes. Esther Roll was was a part of this documentary where it was sort of talking about the specifically the propaganda around how much of our history in America is just rooted in white propaganda that like basically in reconstruction, right? Slavery ends and they have to suddenly employ black people, or at least in theory, black people have options to free themselves or be free and employ themselves and like live inside of society. And white people aren't figuring out quickly enough how to make money off of that shit or how to take advantage of it. And one of the things that they talked about is that like they started introducing imagery relating to black people as a way of depressing our successes that like the image of a black man who loves watermelon and is lazy and all of that shit was just them trying to use propaganda to make it so that we couldn't get jobs that like they were basically being like oh the black man is lazy and he don't do no work so that's why you shouldn't employ him because he's not really he, he actually really wishes he could just be a slave again because with his free mind he'll just be lazy and won't do nothing and the watermelon what became an image just because they wanted something that was shaped like our smiles like big fucking watermelon smiles so they picked that as a way of selling it and then that becomes our relationship to watermelon for another 150 years or whatever it is so what you're saying is white people are really great at branding and PR yeah. and they are and also the thing too about like black folks and our conspiracy theories is that a lot of them are really about helping us overcome mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. issues or deal with stuff I mean we also have some stupid things floating around but usually these kinds of like this Willie Lynch letter is an example of like black people saying hey like this is how we come together the Tommy Hill figure Thing that was made up like you know that he said that he didn't want to sell to black people if anything to me that was black people being like we need to invest in our own clothing brands oh. and you know i think that a lot of our conspiracy theories are actually meant to 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 help us as opposed to harm us i like that 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 has a an optimism to it that that maybe <laughs> the lesson does not have in his heart. No, yeah, no, it certainly isn't in my heart. But I, I didn't think about it that way. You know what I mean? Like I, I think when I heard the Tommy Hilfiger thing, I was just like, damn, they they was real mean to Tommy, huh? <laughs> but but no, there is there is maybe an optimism to it where it's like maybe this is just reminding black people that we don't have to invest our entire community into this brand that even if he's not outwardly saying it is not truly invested mm-hmm. in the the growth mm-hmm. of the black people. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. 
I mean, I'm also making it up, but I mean, I, no, 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 no. We are not like going to correct you. No. no, that's what I would like to think. That's what I would yeah. like to think. No, let that marinate for a second. Keep it's going. okay. Yeah. yeah. To the point of making things up in that same documentary, one of the things that they pointed out is that, uh, you know, reconstruction happens. They try to make black people lazy. That doesn't stick well enough because black people continue to sort of like build and create and Harlem Renaissance. All the cool things are sort of like happening for us in the world, despite the the massive propaganda efforts to make us look like fucking idiots. And one of the things that they intentionally do then is they go, okay, black people aren't lazy. They're violent. And they start introducing all these images of us with razor blades. So they, every fucking picture of black people suddenly is no longer we're, we're lazy, big old watermelon smiley motherfuckers. We have razor blades in every picture and we'll cut you and we're violent. We're oh, we're sick with our violence. And that becomes the image that they start to circulate because now it's, oh, we can't be near them because of the dangers that they represent. Isn't it crazy how black people are everything? Like, there's so many stereotypes about Black people that at some point it's like, what? It's like the contradictory. It's like, they're stupid. They're docile. They're cunning. They're violent. They're (laughs) like, the men are masculine and violent. They're feminine. There's like, it's all, the women are this. They're slutty. They're undesirable. They're this. There's like, what is it? What? pick Pick a lane for us. Give us one thing to stick to. Yeah, and that would be nice. I would like it if they just picked <laughs> one lane. Just give us one thing. Violet. Okay, we can work with that. It's just, it's everything. It's chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> Bori, Bori, what what stereotype are you choosing for us? Which one do you want to be? We we get to make a choice now. There's Let's a couple say, obvious frontrunners, right? Yeah. Uh, and and none of the, the easy, obviously, big dicks. That's just a fact. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, then I'll go back to the drawing board. <laughs> that's all you have. Yeah. Nasty, nasty man. Nasty, nasty, nasty man. <laughs> I think I think we could do a lot with the sneaky one. Mm. That's how they got on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The Louisiana Purchase. Sneaky as fuck. That was right? sneaky. Oh, you crafty motherfuckers. You Not sneaky you. little devil. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll take Sneaky. That's a good... I think that's Sneaky's a good not bad. Sneaky's we do a, a pretty good that. one. I, and I, I'm not going to name which specific groups, but we've seen... Oh, a, f- oh I thought you weren't going to do do one. I was like... No, no, no. no I'm not going to do it. But but we can name a few groups <laughs> who, have, who have really thrived under the Sneaky stereotype. Mm. They've, they've oh, been, can we? <laughs> they've been called Sneaky, and they've been fine with it, and they continue to fucking thrive. Oh, weird. Uh, Langston just hit the chat. It says Armenian. That's crazy, <laughs> Langston. I don't even, I don't even, I didn't even know we had a chat feature on this. <laughs> no, I just kidding. Langston didn't say anything. We'll throw everyone here. Please give us money. Yeah, please give us money. Uh, <laughs> but no, I do think Sneaky isn't a bad one. Roche, if you had to pick one, you where, where what would you pick? I mean, I would say sexy. <laughs> oh, let's go with sexy. Okay, I don't even know honest. if that's a stereotype, but I didn't I'm know that, that was on. I didn't know that was on the table. I think it is. I'm just gonna say we sexy. I I I I don't think it's not on the table. I just didn't think that that was like what the slave owners were walking around, sort of struggling with. They're like, God damn it, they're sexy. That's that maybe it. though. I, I He's mean, in that field. 
glistening a lot from the of light. People? Just an obsidian masterpiece. I mean, Come a lot on. of people's 23 and Me's look interesting because they got some slave master in their fucked up minds. Yeah. Thought that. So I'm just saying. Yeah, that's fair. Sexy's good. Sexy's so, good. Sexy's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which one did you also, take, Langston? so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're power ranking our favorite stereotypes. <laughs> oh, my God. I I like, if if I'm being completely honest, I do like uh, that white people are nervous around us. And I don't want the, I don't want to lose that's that. So So unapproachable, I think, is... Is still one that I I enjoy enough that that I I don't want to lose that, and I, I wish that it was unapproachable. But they still thought of us as very intelligent and very capable, so that they knew not to come near us. But we still benefited from all the respect that you would gain from somebody knowing that you're a smart, capable person. That said, they mix the metaphors and it becomes an ugly thing. But I don't I don't like when they just feel super comfortable with me. So I'm sticking with unapproachable. Please I like don't that. talk to me. Yeah. I think these were yeah. three really good picks. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking about spreading uh, stereotypes about black people, we're sexy. Hey, hey, we're sexy. We're unapproachable. And God damn it, we're sneaky in a motherfucker. So. <laughs> oh. That's the clip. That's the clip for this episode. That's the- <laughs> crazy, sexy, cool. No, <laughs> you got Yo, one of them right. One is correct. The other two. <laughs> That's our album, man. I love that. Man, sexy, sneaky, unapproachable. Well, okay. <laughs> this sounds like a tank album. <laughs> That feels like Rihanna, to be honest. That's oh, Rihanna. that's Next good. Album. Yeah. That's Rihanna. And who's a better black person than Rihanna? I'll Come wait on. for you to, to name it. Name, name a better Robert. black. Name Yo. a better black. Name a Robert black. Fenty is a top tier. That's yeah. that's cream of the crop. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
oldest girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're calling upon you because uh, we have we have new merch. We have very exciting merch that we are now selling, and it's it's fucking great. We love it so much. It's sleek. It's mm-hmm. sexy. Come on. You want to tell them what we have? Yeah, we have three different types of hats, which is really fun. We have a two-tone hat, an alien dad hat, the traditional logo in black and khaki. Then we have the enamel pin with the alien who has a kufi on it, says, my mama told me. And then we have t-shirts that say, proud little mama, which is who you are. Yeah, you can buy the merch now. Go to mymamatoldme.merchcentral.com. And we want you to have all the sweet stuff, so get it. I do think at its core, the Willie Lynch letter is probably not real. I think we can we can maybe agree on it on its existence not being true, but maybe its value to our community still being something worth holding on to. It 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 seems like it it still has a value for us to cherish, and we shouldn't just throw that away simply because we made up a white man and and decided to tell people about it. I don't disagree. I think there's value in it. I, when I read it, I'm like, yeah, this feels about right. And I think we could, should continue to teach kids that it's real. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the th- If th- they can push a white Jesus, you can <laughs> damn sure push a, push a fake letter. I'm right? saying. Yeah. If there's a white Jesus, there's also a white devil. And, and y'all have to make peace with that. You yeah. have to make peace with the fact that this is, he, he represents the white devil for us and, and we need him. It's like, I want this episode to do well. I also don't want anybody to hear it because I don't that's, want them to know. I don't want to ruin Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to ruin it for people. I that's how I feel know. every week for a multitude. <laughs> yeah. And I and I do leave cookies out for Willie Lynch once a year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little dry ass oh cookies I leave out for Willie Lynch. <laughs> you gotta get your kid to write a letter to Willie Lynch. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I say to my daughter, I say, "Baby girl, we we gotta write our letters to Willie. You gotta go to bed early. Willie Lynch is coming. Willie Lynch is gonna come, and he's gonna. Ooh. And you don't want to see him because he's drunk. <laughs> he's That's drunk, terrifying. And he's wow. gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna make you hate your daddy. But but he's coming. Parts of him. Parts of him. Parts of him. <laughs> Parts of them you'll respect more than you realize. You'll you'll respect them. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no. Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch. Willie Santa Claus Lynch. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I think we did it. I, I, I that I feels think. like a good. That was because this this was an important episode. This was an important <laughs> episode. We're really Roche. We're we're honored you joined us. Could you tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Yeah, find me uh, Roche R O C H E E Jeffrey at, uh, on Instagram. And yeah, uh, the NAACP Image Awards vote for not uh, for uh, what's the goddamn name? Yes, we canvas uh, and support us. I'm blagging out. I'm you you made it. <laughs> it's really bad that what just happened. Uh, yeah, and you know, performing stand up everywhere, and um, it's been uh, such a, a joy to join you guys today. We're, we're glad you were here, Bori. You want to tell the people where they can find you? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, February 29th, watch Royal Crackers on Adult Swim, and then the next day on HBO Max. You got to watch it. My, I, I need I need money. It's very funny. Let's, let's not shortchange also, it one bit. Also, it's a very funny show. I'm on every episode. You're very funny in it. I, I enjoy your character maybe the most of all the characters in it, and, and I don't just say that as your, uh, your, your partner in this shit. Wow, that's really sweet. Like, that so was a you. really beautiful yeah. moment. Yeah, that's really, yeah. really nice. I'm sorry no, I said that really stuff nice. about your hoodie. Yeah, no, you you really fucked me back there, but yeah, but I I was, I was lashing out, man. I'm it's been a weird day. I why well, I, I I'll tell and I'll tell the audience. I got my shit pushed back today. Yeah. And it's everything's been off. <laughs> yeah, no, your hairline is is uh it's not what it was previously. Is safe to say. Uh, uh. <laughs> Do you want to show look, them? My car, I mean I'll show them. I'll show. My confidence is we've had some hair issues on this podcast. That's fair. So I, I feel like it's just my, I'm at, it's not so bad, but yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, It's not as bad as you feel about it. It, it isn't that bad. But you compare that to how I usually feel leaving the barbershop, and I'll be honest, my confidence is at an all-time low. You, yeah, I'll say this. And that's the hoodie thing. It's just you were doing something daring with fashion, and I was yeah. being old-fashioned, and that, that's not cool, man. You, you are a man who, for... <laughs> For as long as we've been doing this, I think has really believed in that young man who's been cutting your hair. You've you've stood behind him. I still stood do. Beside him. I still players fuck up, but yeah. yeah. No, you you really stood. You really had his back, and he he hurt you uh, in a way that I think I think you got to confront him a little I, bit. Yeah, you got to say like, "Hey, bro, not for nothing." Last week wasn't your best work, and we yeah, we, gotta, we gotta get back on. What on if you track? did this before I got to Miami? Come on, because I go in before trips. Like, yeah, I'm home this week, but what if this was before a Miami weekend? We we gotta we gotta treat every You're day like in New it's York game looking day. like this. Every day is game day. Everybody thinks I'm a hillbilly. I live in the mountains. <laughs> you can't. Come on, bro. And he's like 26. You're too young for this. No. Maybe quit telling me how your dad put you on living single and more focus on my hairline, not getting pushed back. Okay, we, I'm going to say right now, I'm concerned about when you go back the next time. If he hit, listens to this, he might deliberately fuck up your hairline again. He listens to this in the way that a barber <laughs> consumes your content. Yeah, He's my barber not any deeper than five minutes. I promise. My okay. barber listened, quote unquote, listened to some episodes, but I don't think that nigga's making it to the end. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's. I don't crazy. think he's making it to the credits. You know what I mean? Like we're we're good. <laughs> and and I'm going back, so you know who whose fault is that? Right. Nah. You guys don't know him like I do, though. He loves me. <laughs> this is just a one-time thing. He would never hit me again. No, sometimes love hurts. 
That was a dark end. <laughs> the point is, watch that television show, please. Uh, as always, oh, you can... and like and subscribe. Yeah, oh, like, good. subscribe, do the things. As always, you can follow me at Langston Kerman on all social media platforms. If you are in the Chicago area, I believe there are still just a few tickets left uh, for my special taping February 19th at the Green Mill. You can buy those tickets. I would love for y'all to be there. Go to mymamatoldme.merchcentral.com. Uh, there are hats, there are pins, there are all court sorts of cool things that you should uh, check out. Shirts. Uh, I think I covered all the stuff that you can buy uh, <laughs> hats pin shirts that's pretty much it and they're they're all great and we would love for you to, to be wearing the merch and very exciting we are planning some more live dates uh in the near future we we are not going to announce them just yet but there's going to be a, a little more live uh shit for y'all to be able to check out that we'll tell you about in the near future let's just say keep my birthday open keep Bori's birthday open it's cinco de mayo Cinco Spanish. The boy is Spanish. Deeply demanded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy, please. <laughs> uh, and that's the that's the whole shebang. Bye, bitch. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.